Before we get into the message for today, I just want to make a couple of comments about the gospel reading itself. If you take a look on page 8 of your bulletin, and this is uh, John chapter 2, verse 16, and he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away, do not make my father's house a house of trade. I want to emphasize uh, the possessive pronoun, my. Jesus does not say, do not make our father's house a house of trade. He does not lump himself together with you and me when it comes to his father. He has a unique relationship with the father. He's the only begotten son. That doesn't mean he's made or created It means that he is the unique son of God. He inherits everything the father has. The father hands everything over to him, just like a father in business will hand over the business to his son, all the administration of it. That's what it means to be a son here in this context. And so Jesus has the unique relationship with the father that you and I do not have. We have a relationship with the father through being born again through his word. We're born again, children of God. He's the only begotten son, so he refers to the Father as my Father, not our Father. When he teaches us to pray together, it's our Father. But he makes a distinction between himself and the rest of us in this regard. And then also in verse 17, his disciples remember that it was written, and remembering is so important. This is why it's important to be familiar with the scriptures because when you hear it read, you remember the connections from the past, things that you've heard and read before, and that's how faith grows. On the day of the resurrection, the disciples remembered the words of Jesus, being reminded by the angel, this is what he said would happen. And remembering then creates faith. Yes, it is so. He is risen. But notice the quote. This is from Psalm 69, verse 9. Zeal for your house will consume me. In other words, being zealous for the house of the Lord will get him killed. That's what will happen. It will lead to his death. We bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you've promised that your holy word, which goes forth from your mouth, will not return to you empty but it will accomplish what you desire and it will succeed in the matter for which you have sent it. May your word have its way, we pray, in every heart this day through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. How many of you know who Rodney Dangerfield is or was? A number of you do? Okay, yeah. Uh, With the... um, the sermon title today is spelled out the way it is with hyphenated uh, hyphens between the letters. I'm not channeling Aretha Franklin here. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Rodney Dangerfield. He was a comedian who made a living out of not being respected. For example, he said, well, with girls, I don't get no respect. I had a blind date. I waited two hours on the corner. A girl walked by and said, are you Louise? She said, are you Rodney? I said, yeah. She said, I'm not Louise. (laughs) When I was a kid, I got no respect. When my parents got divorced, there was a custody fight over me. 
and no one showed up. <laughs> With my dog, I don't get no respect. He keeps barking at the front door. He don't want to go out, he just wants me to leave. <laughs> well, in all seriousness, respect is an important relational need. If respect is not being given and received in, in a relationship, the relationship will suffer. That's true in any relationship with your peers. It's also true in your relationship with the Lord. Roman numeral one in your sermon outline, respect is acknowledging the worth and the dignity of another. Acknowledging the worth and the dignity of others. For example, uh, simple things like saying please, thank you, keeping a confidence. If someone shares a secret with you, you don't share it with others. That's respect. Refraining from gossip, passing on negative information about someone else. That's respect. Taking time to listen to someone when they come to you with a concern or need of some sort. That's respect. Making eye contact with people when you're in dialogue with them. That's respect. Turning off cell phones before worship. Though if you forget to do it, you're forgiven. But that's respect as well. There are many ways to show respect. And Jesus shows respect this morning in our gospel lesson. He shows respect for his father by cleansing the temple, his father's house. We read that he made a whip of cords. He drove everyone out of the temple, those selling the sheep and the oxen. He overturned the coins. He poured out the coins of the money changers. He overturned their tables. He told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remember that it was written, zeal for your house will get me killed. Jesus in our gospel lesson for today is something of a one-man insurrection. He not only interrupts business, he interrupts businesses that are necessary for the functioning of the temple. Three times a year, Israelite men were required to go up to Jerusalem to celebrate major festivals. Many of them lived far away, and they had to travel long distances to get there. And so it was impractical, if not impossible, for these men to carry or to take their own sacrificial animals to Jerusalem for sacrifice. They purchased their animals there. The money changers also provided an important service in the temple. Worshippers were required to pay an annual tax to support the upkeep of the temple. But only a certain kind of coin could go into the temple treasury. You couldn't have these Roman coins with the emperor's image on them that they, that they thought was idolatrous. So you had to exchange those coins for coins that could be put into the temple treasury. So those who sold the cattle, the sheep, and the doves, those who exchanged the coinage were providing necessary services for the worshipers. But they were doing it in the wrong place. They used to conduct their business outside the temple, but at some point they moved it into the temple, making a, a noisy marketplace out of that worship space. I remember being in the um, Mahane Yehuda market in Jerusalem. It's this 
It's a souk, a, a noisy bazaar. And you walk up and down the aisles there, and people are haggling over prices. There's a, it's crowded. It's noisy. I couldn't imagine trying to worship in a place like that. And it must have been something like that in the temple courts the day Jesus was there and found it so. And that's what moved Jesus to act. Jesus is not against business. He was a businessman before being a preacher. But it's where the business occurs that is the problem. It should not occur in the temple. There was a real estate tycoon in Great Britain. He was a lord, Lord Harold Samuel. And he said this. He was the first to say it. There's only three things that matter when it comes to real estate. Location, location, location. And that's Roman numeral two, the location being the temple in Jerusalem. Letter A, there are legitimate actions taking place, the buying and the selling. Those are legitimate things, necessary business. It was all legitimate business, but it was in the wrong space. And that's letter B, illegitimate space in the temple. Christ's motive in doing this, yeah, it was the court of the Gentiles, and I'm sure he was concerned about the Gentiles having their space noise-free to worship in. That's important. But here, in John's Gospel, the motivation seems to be reverence for his father's house, respect for his father's house, and therefore respect for the father himself. There were many places where business could be transacted, any place outside the temple, pretty much. But only one place on earth designated for atonement for sin to happen, to occur, and that's the Jerusalem temple. Point number one, God caused his name to dwell there. God's name dwelt there. God's name is an extension of himself. Wherever God causes his name to dwell, God himself is present in a saving way, in a forgiving way. His name dwells there. His name is the accessible, it's that part of himself that he makes accessible to human beings in mercy, in forgiveness. And then point number two, it was the one place God was to be worshiped, the one place for all Israel to worship. The Israelites were commanded in Deuteronomy 12 to worship God, not in the way the Canaanites did. They had multiple worship sites all over the place, but only one chosen place, and that would be the temple, the Temple Mount, where Abraham sacrificed Isaac. Jesus cleanses that one place out of respect for his father. Now notice, in the text, the Jews do not question the correctness of what Jesus did. They don't question, that's not the debate. They knew that what Jesus did was appropriate. It, it needed to be done. Rather, they question his authority or his status to do such a thing. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? And what he says next will get him killed, and it will be used against him at his trial. Jesus answered, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it's taken 46 years to build this place, and you'll raise it up in three days? 
but he was speaking of the temple of his body. That's the temple of God. And that's Roman numeral three. Location, location, location. Jesus replaces the temple with A, his body of flesh. His body of flesh. It is that body of flesh is worshipped by the Magi in Matthew 2. It's worshipped by the disciples in Matthew 14 after a miraculous catch of fish. In Luke 17, nine lepers are cleansed by our Lord. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, notice this, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned, notice this, to give praise to God except this foreigner? And this foreigner gave praise to God where? At the feet of Jesus, see. That's the true temple of God, Jesus. And then in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain, Mount Gerizim in Israel, nor in Jerusalem in the temple there. A time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Well, what does that mean? Jesus is the one who gives the spirit. And Jesus is the one who is the truth. To worship God in spirit and truth is to worship Jesus. To worship God at the feet of Christ. And then let her be. Jesus replaces the temple with his body, the church. Letter A is his body of flesh. Letter B, he replaces the temple with his body, the church, the worshiping gathered assembly. St. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you, plural now, you plural, are the body of Christ and individually you're members of it. As the hand is connected to the rest of the body, so you are connected to Christ. As the eye and the ear are connected to the rest of the body, so you are connected to Christ. Neither the hand, nor the ear, nor the eye live separately from the body. Neither you nor I can live separated from the body of Christ, the church. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me, you bear much fruit. But what happens to a branch that doesn't remain in the vine? It withers, it dies. Letter C, Jesus is the one place God is to be worshiped. And I quote from John 5, 23, where Jesus says, all should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. That's a big statement. All should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. And he goes on. 
Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. The two are inseparable. You respect the Father by respecting the Son. You worship the Father at the feet of the Son. He is the fullest, he on the cross, Jesus on the cross, is the fullest expression of God you can know. That's God. That's who God is. That's what God is like hanging there. Roman numeral four. Respecting God today. Location, location, location. There are a legitimate actions, and I list there Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Love automatically fulfills the law. When you love your neighbor, when you walk in the Spirit, you automatically do what the law requires. It's effortless. That's the new man in you, Christ in you, at work. Then letter B, there are plenty of illegitimate it really ought to, rather than space, uh, I would put actions, illegitimate actions. St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Maybe you're an eye, maybe you're a finger. Do you not know your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? As it's written, the two become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. I use the communion ware on the altar as, a, as an illustration. That communion ware is set aside for one purpose only. See, that's what it means to be holy. It's set aside for God's use. That's holiness doesn't mean you're better than someone. You're set aside for God's use. Those vessels are set aside for one purpose, and that's the holy communion of his body and blood. Now, for any Christian, it would be unthinkable to take that communion ware and use it in some profane way. Unthinkable. Some devil worshiper might want to do that. But you and I, no, no. We couldn't do that. And you and I are like those communion vessels. When we depart from the Lord, when we commit any sexual sin or any sin at all, it's as if we take the communion vessels of the Lord and use them in some profane fashion. Your two eyes are members of Christ. When you expose your eyes to ungodly images, you expose Christ to those images. Your tongue is a member of Christ. When you speak evil of others, you are employing Christ, a member of Christ, to speak evil. Your ears are members of Christ. When you willingly hear gossip, you're involving Christ in that gossip. And I quote again from 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Listen carefully to this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you. Now, I've read that many times, but I didn't pay attention to the Greek. I was thinking, okay, my body individually is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Each of us individually are temples of the Holy Spirit. No, that's not what Paul's saying. Listen to this. 
Do you not know that your, your is, that possessive pronoun is plural. You all's body is singular. Do you not know that you all's body, meaning the church, the worshiping assembly, you all's body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The word temple there means where God dwells, the dwelling place of God. You were bought with a price, Paul writes, so glorify you all's, glorify God in you all's body. Meaning this group together is the temple of God. This is where God is glorified when his people gather in his name. The dwelling place of God today is not the individual Christian per se. Individual Christians are members of the body. But the body itself is the dwelling place of God. The church gathered in worship. Jesus, this is why he said, where two or more gather in my name, there I am in their midst. My friends, in our gospel reading for today, Jesus respected God by respecting God's temple. Today we respect God by respecting Jesus, who is the true temple of God. And Jesus is present for us. Jesus makes himself available for us in the gathering of his people in every divine service. In the gathering of his people, he washes your sins away at the font. In the gathering of his people, he speaks absolution to you through the called minister. In the gathering of his people, he feeds you with his life-giving flesh and blood. In the gathering of his people, it is there that he makes himself available to you. And it is in the gathering of his people, it is there that you show your respect for him. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.